This Friday, August 24th, 2018, and you are tuned into Season 2, Episode 34 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com, and presented by Hameen Media. Happy belated birthday to the Ayatollah himself, Bin Hameen. On this week's show, Rick and I are counting down the days to StarCast. We've got news from Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, NXT, and of course, the WWE. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks, email us at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I will be your host for the day, and at the very end, end of this show stay tuned for a very special statistic that is gonna blow rick's mind but of course ladies and gentlemen i am not alone huckleberry number one the og the leader of the underground death squad rbb rick welcome back to your show it's me it's me it's that r to the b to the v rick victory here again getting what pro wrestling podcast jargo as i look at the calendar either you made mention there the date 824-2018. Do you realize what that means? It's getting Do you close. realize how close we are to that finish line? We are we are inside of the final week, ladies and gentlemen. If you are sick and tired of hearing us talk about all in and starcast, you've only got to bear with us for a couple more weeks, and then we will we'll move on to other things. But of course. That's the gimmick right now, so Huckleberry, let's jump on the road to StarCast and on the road to All In. Of course, this week, Huckleberry, we had ourselves a, a quite a conference call. Yeah, I mean, you talk about, well, I mean, what a great experience. Uh, you know, so many of, uh, I guess we colleagues of ours uh, that participate in these different types of calls each and every week. You know, they get to talk to, to maybe one special individual each week or throughout the course of the month. But uh, just an incredible lineup that, you know, that we got to, to sit back and kind of just take in, absorb everything that, uh, you know, that StarCast and All In means to them. An incredible lineup in just one hour. Yeah, you, you can go back. You can find in the archives. It'll be the show right before this one. Uh, the the Starcast slash All In Media Conference call. And I mean, we're talking Conrad Thompson, Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Bruce Pritchard, and then the one and only Cody Rhodes. Yeah, and you know, each one. You know, we only got you know anywhere from ten to twenty minutes uh, from from each of these incredible personalities. Uh, and it was just it was a surreal moment uh, to sit back and just listen uh, to them share their knowledge with us. Uh, I, a, a great listen. Encourage everyone to go back into the archives and, and find the show. As you said, it is the one before this one. Uh, it, it is, what did it run? Maybe about an hour 20? Yeah, about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, something like that. 
uh, you know, definitely say a, a must listen. Yeah, very very cool experience. Being on the phone with Cody Rhodes is uh, quite the interesting experience. If you will hear in the call, Conrad actually gave him a, a gimmick time so that he would show up on time, and instead Cody showed up like a half hour early and listened to the whole call. Fantastic stuff. Was there any, um, maybe from, you know, from the perspective of those that were asking questions or anything uh, that these major personalities said that really jumped out to you, Jargo? Well, I thought there was a couple of interesting notes. Uh, Number one, um, I I, I gotta go at our, our favorite snowflake just a little bit here, Mr. Ryan Satin. Uh, Ryan Satin put up here a story just the other day that, you know, all in too, we're talking about it. Uh, guys, that interview with Jericho was recorded back in June. There has been a lot of things change between June and August. And, and we heard Cody talk a little bit about that on the show. Um, all in too, we don't know. We don't know if this collection of talent will even be available to do an all into uh, from Cody's own words, just within the last couple of weeks, there have been some very, very interesting phone calls. It sounds like there are some interesting offers on the table. And I think the most interesting piece of news that came out of this thing was Cody talking about the potential of them going to the WWE. And, and Cody said that the thing that's different about this group is there is a verbal commitment amongst what I guess you would call the golden elite minus Kota Ibushi. Uh, I, I, it sounds like Hangman's included in this, Marty's included in this, on down the line. It sounds like the way Cody framed this, if you're taking one of them, you're taking all of them, and they're staying together. Yeah, it, it seemed like a, you know, a truly one-for-all kind of you know kind of mentality with them, uh, which I guess is very symbolic of all in. Yeah, they, they are literally all in together. Uh, I thought that was great. Uh, I, I thought coming out of the gate, I think probably two of maybe the best hype men that we heard on the call uh, actually would be, you know, one Conrad himself. You know, he was he, the way he was putting things over it. Even it made even the, the I don't want to say the smallest, but maybe like a certain event that isn't drumming up as much interest as others. Uh, he like he would elevate that to almost like a main event status, like a can't miss stage show uh, that's going to be happening at Starcast, like and the Jim Johnson right, show, right? Uh, you know the way he that he brought that to life, or even just jamming with uh, Papa Buck. Yeah, you know he, how he put that over. Uh, it's something that, especially hey, someone like yourself who is big in the music, uh, that might be something that now has moved up your list. Something that's going to be inter- of interest to you. Oh, that was already very, very high on, on my list. Well, there, I, I was excited because I love that damn Warriors Cry song. I love the freaking All In song. Of course, that's Papa Buck's band. You've been hearing this All In song. Every time we talk about All In, that is Papa Buck's band featuring Frankie Kazarian, of all people, on bass. Let's see, there we go. Uh, and then, you know, right out of the gate, you know, Conrad hands it over to, to one Mr. Jeff Jarrett. Uh, you could just tell. You could tell it's in his blood being a promoter. Man, I tell you what, I, I have never been a Jeff Jarrett guy. It's just never. He's just never been my cup of tea. He's country music. I'm far more rock and roll and hip hop, right? It's I respect the hell out of the guy, just not my cup of tea. But I tell you what, you be on a phone call with him for 10 minutes, you will become a Jeff Jarrett guy. 
It is ridiculous how good that guy is of a talker. He could sell ice to an Eskimo. Well, and I guess, you know, a little shout out there as well. Uh, Jeff Jarrett have a great working relationship with, with Ryan over at grillposition.com. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, Jeff Jarrett was nowhere even remotely close to the top of my list of people that I really wanted to talk to at StarCast. But I, I tell you what, he absolutely elevated himself this week. Yeah, it, it was quite impressive. That that TNA retrospective that they're going to do, I think that might be the unsung stage show of the entire event. I don't hear anybody talking about that, but to hear about the launch of TNA and then those old asylum days, I bet you there's some really good stories there. Well, and you know, just the names that we know are going to be joining him on that panel. Uh, one for me, uh, which which really jumps out, is uh, it's uh, well, god damn it i i i'm really interested because he was the marketing guy there what his name just escapes you right now what, oh i don't remember off the top of my head isn't that the panel that uh that scotty steiner is going to be yeah on? that's what i was going to put over next i mean I, how, I, how do you not want to go see scott steiner with a live microphone on stage for an hour i am kicking myself in the butt why well, i cannot remember this gentleman's name but he was a guy that did, he was he was originally on he was the color guy for for impact for so many years but he handled all their merchandising and all their marketing that that is the guy that I definitely want to hear from and just man I will I hope that you know we get a chance to even bring him into the booth to pick his brain for a little bit there uh, really look for that and then you got Scott Steiner and they're they're gonna have some other surprises that are gonna be joining that panel that they just couldn't uh, couldn't really expose at the time uh, speaking of Scott Steiner total random note do you follow wendy's on twitter did you see wendy's actually cut out the the scott steiner math promo yesterday about how they're gonna beat burger king for your lunch business absolutely ridiculous stuff it's fantastic oh perfect perfect if you don't follow Uh, wendy's on twitter you are missing out all right huckleberry let's let's talk about one of these uh big main event matches that we are going to be seeing in just a hair over a week's time. I've I've been trying to save the best matches for last. Huckleberry, we got Cody Rhodes taking on Nick Aldis. You'll notice I'm calling him Cody Rhodes because this is all in. I can call him that now, right? I mean, this isn't Ring of Honor. It's not sanctioned like that. So I'm going to go with Cody Rhodes. I'm really hoping Bobby Cruz introduces Cody Rhodes at this show. Yeah, and you know what? Hey, go ahead, go with it. You know, and just deal with anything if if it's if they're not allowed to. Uh, actually, I am here looking at the superstar list for Starcast for All In, and he is listed as Cody. Man, I really want to hear Bobby Cruz introduce Cody Rhodes competing for the NWA World's Heavyweight I, I, Championship. I, well, I'd almost save it, and. If he goes over, if he captures the championship, then say it afterwards. Got to. That's got to be the big pop. Uh, He, of course, is taking on Nick Aldis, the current NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And Huckleberry, of course, the deal for this match going into it was if Cody won the Ring of Honor Championship, he was going to have to put that up against the NWA's World Heavyweight Championship. But Cody didn't get the job done. So Nick Aldis wanted some collateral. So now Cody is putting up 
the Ring of Honor. Of course, Cody went and got himself an actual championship ring made when he won the Ring of Honor championship. And now Nick Aldis wants the Ring of Honor. So it will be the Ring of Honor versus the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Rick, this is very well done, and I'm very much enjoying it. The only problem is, if you watch Ring of Honor TV, this is basically Matt Taven versus Cody Rhodes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we saw this feud back in February, I want to say, when when Taven ended up taking the Ring of Honor and was making Cody kiss it. Like, that's, we're literally getting, like, the same character work here. Well, I tell you, it's, you, they're kind of just reinventing that story. Hey, it's a great story now. Now we're getting with a, a different twist, uh, kind of under a different spotlight. So I'm okay with it there. But I think what's really interesting about this matchup, going like let's a week ago, who who would you think is going to win this thing? I mean, is this going to be Cody's moment at his show, uh, becoming? I I believe he's, it's going to be the first ever second year, you know, second generation. NWA champion. I don't think he's going to win this title. I, I I would have attended to agree with you. I told the other big announcement this week that, that the NWA is going to be hosting their first pay-per-view. I pay-per-view. It's going to be also through fight uh, under, you know, Billy's new era. That's going to be in October. I wonder if maybe we get that rematch there and we see another title change there. Put Cody's name on it to help sell some tickets. Yeah, uh, you, you put that on there. That that extra familiar face. Uh, it's gonna you know just people are gonna gravitate towards that there, and then you do the switch again. Of course, for anybody who's listening to the show who is basically just a WWE person, and you hear the name Nick Aldis, and it means nothing to you. We're talking about Magnus from TNA, um, and Nick Aldis did do a spot in the WWE, did he not? Or was I, or was I thinking of that as somebody else? Uh, I, I don't know if he said, if he ever did any time there. How, the, first- well, the real question that I have for you is how is Nick Aldis not in the WWE? Like everything about Nick Aldis, you would think that Vince would be drooling over. Yeah. You think everything that Vince kind of gets that rap for that he's looking for superstars. Uh, all this kind of embodies all of that. Yeah. The height, the look, the build. Well, and it's, let's, let's not forget also his wife and the mother of his child is in WWE. Yeah. I, I just, I've never quite understood why Nick all this never really got a shot there. I'm still leaning Nick Aldis or a no contest in this match. What are you thinking? I, I think I think Cody goes over. I think we get that big moment uh, and, we, and we see the title switch. That is going to be a ridiculous pop. And I think that's the moment that they're going for. That's, that's what they're going to want. What are you expecting from this match? Of course, we, we've seen Cody's work, and, and I, of course, was way down on Cody's work, and then he had that killer match with Kota Ibushi and completely turned my mindset around on Cody, don't call him Rhodes. Nick Aldis, I've always kind of felt very much the same way about. He's got that methodical pace to him. It's not necessarily my cup of tea. And then he goes out, and he has a ridiculously good match with Flip freaking Gordon, of all people, and it's kind of turned me around around 
on Nick Aldis. I'm really up on this match. There's a lot of people that think this is going to be like one of the lower points of the card. I think this might steal the whole freaking thing. Well, I'm going to go with you on that, but I was never down on this thing. This thing is going to be, you know, right up my alley. It's going to be a lot of character work. I think it's going to be an old school, traditional style match. We're going to see great story being told. Uh, this isn't going to be the dot, dot, dive that, you know, it's going to have everyone ooing and eyeing and this, this is awesome chance and, and whatever crazy antics you're going to get from that angle. This is going to be one of those you can just be able to sit back, just truly enjoy the ride. I, to me, I think this is going to be the match of the night. Where do you put this on the card? All depending on the finish. <sighs> because we know that the big six-man tag, that's going to be the main event. The Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi versus Ray Phoenix, Ray Mysterio, and Bandito. They have officially come out and said that will close. Yes, they have come out and said that will be the main event. The co-main event is Kenny and Penta, which is going to be absolutely freaking incredible, I'm sure. Do you put this match right before that? Or do you have the Ring of Honor Championship match? I mean, because there's got to be some time in between whoever wins the Battle Royal and a match with Jay Lethal. Like, where does this go on the card? This might be your curtain jerker. No, nah, I wouldn't see it in that, in that spot. But Or no, no, we actually, I take that back because we know Hangman and Joey Janela is the curtain jerker. Do we need, is there going to be an intermission? I don't know. Uh, if, if we do have a, a traditional intermission, possibly right before that right before um you know you get that big change people are still buzzing that's you know it's kind of you know the talk of the town there during the break uh then we come back and really start gearing up towards uh, the other you know the big matches on the back end i like that idea i like that idea a lot of course i'm a big fan of intermission welcome to intermission hope you're a big fan of intermission too I guess the other wild card at play here, Rick, that I have to ask you about is the potential of there is no finish here. What is the potential? We know those damn Tongans are going to be in Chicago because the Tongans are going to be at StarCast. The firing squad is now advertised for an official meet and greet and the whole kit and caboodle. My God, I want Tama Tonga on this show. NSFW, Tama, you can come on here, say whatever the hell you want. We ain't Harold May. We ain't going to find you. Is there any chance? Of course, we saw the exchange. Cody saying he's the game now. Tama Tonga saying your game my world is there any potential here that the tongans spoil this damn thing you know that's i'm kind of wondering because i'm kind of surprised that they're going to close this thing with that six man uh what do we have what's what's in store what's what do they got floating around in the air that's gonna really send everyone home with uh it's you know, how do you close it? I mean, what's going to, what's going to play out with these guys? I've, I've heard a couple of people say now, um, including the bucks who were on Jim Ross's podcast. We're going to talk about Jim Ross's show here a little bit later on as well, but they were the guest on, uh, the Ross report this week or slobber knocker audio, whatever the hell Jim Ross is calling his show. Now that it's went to Westwood one. And they were saying that this is kind of the forced main event because the rest of the talent is saying, we're not going on after that. Okay, so it just kind of by default is falling. Like yeah, the, the Bucks don't necessarily want to headline this show, 
but they're kind of being forced to headline this show because it's the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi versus Rey Mysterio, Rey Phoenix, and Bandito, who, if you haven't seen Bandito, is freaking incredible. Gotcha, gotcha. But it, the, you're going to hate this match, man. This is going to be the epitome of a dot, 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 dive car oh, crash yeah. match. But, I mean, but going in, I understand what it's going to be. I'm not expecting anything else from it. Exactly. Exactly. And it's going to be, the, you know, they're going to do something stupid. Like Kota Ibushi's going to do a freaking moonsault out of like the second story balcony or something. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to be. I, I'm going to go in with that. So I, I'm probably not going to be like hating all over it because. I mean, it is what it is. I'm looking forward to that match a lot. There's no way the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi have to win that match, right? You have to go off the air with the big, happy, golden elite all standing in the ring celebrating. Well, then again, you know, do we have something with the, with the Tongans come into play? Could you imagine the heat the Tongans would get if they come out and spoil this show? Ooh, I look forward to that. See, there we go. I mean, what kind of twist? What are we going to get? Uh, I think you know that's one of the exciting parts. You don't really know what tricks these guys have up their sleeves. What's in store for us? I, I th- personally, I think what I would do, I would make this the third to the last match because, like you were saying, you're going to get a lot of character work in this match, and then in the next match, you're going to get a lot of character work and an insane work rate because it's going to be Pentagon versus Kenny Omega, and then you just go to an insane work rate match. Don West, that is that guy's name. Thank you. That was starting to really freaking bug me, too, ever since you said that. I was like, I should know this. I was going to say, we had like an intern because I'm sitting here trying to do all this, and that was just irritating the hell out of me. You know what else I'm looking forward to, Huckleberry? After the main event, I am looking forward to some Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings and Hoffman Estates is a proud sponsor of this podcast. Show your podcast convention ticket. Get 15% off your food purchase. Buffalo Wild Wings is located right by the Sears Center in the popular Prairie Stone Shopping Center. Exit Route 59 from Highway I-90. Turn at the light, then left at the first light into the center. Stop out after the main event. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports, or the other thing you could do is just take an Uber. Because I'm pretty sure that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to get to Chicago and park my car and Uber freaking everywhere. Because I don't want to drive in that freaking crazy place. Huckleberry, you ready to talk? uh, Let's talk a little bit of New Japan. I'm going to put off the WWE as long as I can. Long as I possibly can. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Destruction Tour. And then Fighting Spirit Unleashed. This is basically going to be your September calendar for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, first things first, I we got to address Hiromu Takahashi. They are stripping Hiromu of the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. That's no big surprise. What we're getting, we are going to get a four-person tournament, which is going to consist of the last four IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champions. They are going to just straight up single elimination, and it sounds like the winner will be crowned at King of Pro Wrestling October 9th. It sucks. And the other thing that sucks, and I just heard this yesterday, is Romu is still in the hospital. Ooh, still. He's not still even not out of really. the hospital yet. That sucks. So best wishes to Hiromu. At least Daryl is is keeping his spirits up. Hiromu's been drawing pictures and releasing them on Twitter. That's another great follow. 
Look up Hiromu Takahashi on Twitter and his wonderful art. Uh, let's talk about destruction. Because, Rick, this is one of those weird shows. I know that we have a lot of people that just watched their first G1 Climax. They're new to New Japan World. And they're looking through and they're like, damn, there's a lot of shows in September. Here's the thing, guys. A bunch of these shows you don't need to watch. You can watch them. There will be some good wrestling, but there's going to be a lot of six-man tags. There's going to be a lot of eight-man tags and not a whole lot exciting going on. This is one of those weird tours where they take all of the good matches and they just split them up throughout the tour. So the Road to Destruction, September 7th, September 8th, and September 9th, you can skip all those shows. There's going to be some good wrestling there, but you can really skip all those shows. Destruction in Hiroshima, September 15th. You're going to have Kenny Omega versus Tomohiro Ishii for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Huckleberry, I am sure you will be watching this match. Yeah, very much interested. And uh, Ishii, this is uh, his... I guess cash in opportunity. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed. This is happening at destruction. I kind of wish this was the match for King of pro where it was a little bit bigger stage instead of something on the destruction. Like this is literally the only match on this show that I care about. Well, I was going to say is I'm kind of looking through these other highlights at some of these, uh, these tour dates. Uh, this looks like maybe the highlight of this uh, destruction tour. Yeah. Which is also perplexing to me. Poor Kenny Omega. First, he has to face Pentagon, and then he has to go all the way back to Japan and face Ishii. Also, that he can come back to the States and Long Beach at the end of the month, I'm sure. Then in uh, Destruction at Beppu, you have September 17th. You're going to have Hiroki Goto defending his never open weight championship. Of course, Goto lost to a whole bunch of people in the G1. Who's he going to be defending the title against? Tai Chi? Why in the hell... We haven't even seen Tai Chi since, like, Best of the Super Juniors. Why is he getting a shot here? I gotta be honest, but I don't even know who he is. Uh, the guy who uh, walks around in the crazy uh, Eyes Wide Shut mask from uh, Suzuki Goon, sings his own entrance music on the way to the ring. Okay, yeah, okay. I don't hear you talk about that. He's a douchebag. Nobody likes Tai Chi. Of course, the match will not be official until Tai Chi takes off his pants. The other match on that show that I'm really looking forward to, there's no title on the line. These are just two guys who absolutely do not like one another. Tetsuya Naito is going to take on Minoru Suzuki again. Uh, which should, which is always a fun match. You know, it's it's one that uh, it, it never it never disappoints. You know what I stumbled across on YouTube the other day? Minoru Suzuki versus Kana. For those not in the in the loop, that's Asuka. Minoru Suzuki versus Asuka. It did not go well for Asuka. Not at all. Suzuki beat the piss out of that I girl. I have to say, if you still have that link, that's something, uh, you know, head on over to Facebook, the Hamid Media Discussion Group. You got to post that. Yeah, I, he just beat the piss out of this poor girl fun stuff to watch but man felt bad for oscar uh then you have a uh, destruction in kobe september 23rd uh this is gonna be your first semifinal of that iwgp junior heavyweight championship tournament kushida is gonna take on bushi i absolutely expect kushida to win that match and then you're gonna have your first wrestle kingdom contract defense 
Uh, Rick, this is another one of those matches I really wish was happening at King of Pro Wrestling. This happening at a destruction tour tells me Hiroshi Tanahashi is winning, and this is the show he is defending against Kazuchika Okada. Interesting matchup here. What? This seems like, as you were talking about, you know, with the structure, this seems like a rather small platform for this. Right. Which tells me Tanahashi is going to win this thing. And they're going to, then they'll turn around and do Switchblade versus Tanahashi at King of Pro Wrestling. I totally would have flipped those two around. Yeah, that's what I would have guessed. Do you think there's any chance that Switchblade gets the win? No. I think if anybody's beating Tanahashi for this contract, it's going to be Okada. Well, that's what I would just would be as interesting as how they place this thing. Ooh, what if, what if once again, Tanahashi and Okada go to a draw and then we have to do a triple threat at King of Pro with Okada, Switchblade and Tanahashi. Do you think they would go with the triple threat or would they just divide that again into another match? Uh, given the talents, I think they might go triple threat. Kind of depends, too, on what they're going to do with Kenny, because the big speculation now with Ishii getting his title match and uh, d- the Destruction Tour is your main event of King of Pro Wrestling is going to be Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega. That is not officially announced, but that's kind of the speculation at this point. Uh, something to keep an eye on, definitely. Absolutely. I also wanted to talk to you about Fighting Spirit Unleashed. This is coming, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling coming back to the United States September 30th. A uh, couple of interesting matches advertised for this show. Uh, on top, Juice Robinson versus Cody for the IWGP United States Championship. No, we're both looking forward to that. Does that do it as a main event for you for this show? Uh, I I don't think this thing would close this year. Wouldn't you, you? I mean, unless there's like a Golden Lovers tag match, I don't think Kenny's defending the IWGP Championship in Long Beach this time around. Right. So uh, I'm looking at this next match here on their run. You think that's uh, your main event? I think you could close with that. The Young Bucks taking on the Gorillas of Destiny for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Of course, the aforementioned Tama Tonga and his brother Tom Tonga Loa. <sighs> All these goddamn Tongans and their Tamas and their Loas and gosh, we haven't even gotten to the big Tongan yet. What do you think, man? I, I'm really kind of feeling like God is taking these titles, though. That's not that's not a happy crowd to go home if that's your main event. Even if that does, if that doesn't close, I wonder if we just get just a vicious, just ass whooping, uh, and then then the God just like bailing, like you know what, we don't even care. We'll come take those belts whenever we want. This is about the message that we will continue to just destroy you at any, you know, whenever we want. I still don't know if they are officially the uh, never open weight six man title holders or not. Haven't heard anything more since they threw down those titles at Harold's feet. Of course, I wish they would just eliminate those damn belts. Uh, then we also have the other half of the semifinal at Huckleberry. This is one of my favorite matches of all freaking time. I love this match. Will Ospreay is going to lose to Marty Skrull. Could this potentially close this show? Eh, I don't think so. I don't think this could headline. I don't think people would be disappointed. I don't think the Marks their in attendance would be disappointed, but for television, I don't know if that plays well. Cause I assume this show will be on access TV. I could see this thing closing. I think it, even with 
the TV target audience, uh, what they're pulling in for access. I think this could work. Of course, there are three certainties in life, death, taxes, Skrull beats Osprey. Uh, King of Pro Wrestling, just a shameless plug once again, October 9th. Uh, Huckleberry, let's let's throw it over to some Ring of Honor pro wrestling. We haven't talked to some Ring of Honor in a while. And ROH, the, the thing with ROH is in the summer, they kind of just spread out and do their own thing. There hasn't been a whole lot going on inside of ROH this summer. But now that the school year is back in session, it is time for ROH to ramp things up once again. And I wanted to throw this show out there because this show is happening tomorrow on Honor Club, Saturday, August 25th. And I think this is actually a pretty good show. I'm intrigued here. You have the ROH six-man tag team titles, Cody and the Bucks, Taking on the champions, Silas Young and the Bouncers. Of course, our, our boys, the kingdom, kind of got screwed. Silas Young and the Bouncers capturing these ROH six-man tag titles. You suppose the kingdom gets a rematch? Of course not. Hashtag kingdom conspiracy. But we're going to get Cody in the box. What's the fancy name for Cody in the Bucks? I mean, you know, when he when they were with Adam Cole, they were the super click, and when they're with Marty, they're the super villains, and when when they're with Hangman, they're the Hung Bucks. What what what's the the yeah, young you nightmares? Got you've got me on this one, uh, but what are the chances that they that the club claims these championships? I think they're pretty good. I think they're pretty good. I'm really liking Silas Young though. I don't know what it is, but something with Silas Young and me clicked like, I don't know, maybe a year, a year and a half ago. Like he's the alcoholic dad that I always wanted. Perfect. Then we have the ROH TV title, friend of the show, Punishment Martinez, taking on Dojo Pro black belt winner, Aaron Solo. Rick, are you familiar with this Dojo Pro thing? I I am not, man, but I I did want to put over a punishment with some sweet new merch. Yeah, uh, that he that he's been that he's been promoting. So uh, anybody that that is a fan of his or just wants a, just a really cool wrestling tee, uh, make sure you seek that out. But no, I I, I have to be honest. Uh, I know know basically nothing. Um, I know what Dojo Pro is, but I didn't watch any of it yet. Uh, this was something that was done for Amazon Prime. So if you are an Amazon Prime member, you can head over to the Prime Video section and you can just type in Dojo Pro. And this is basically like a reality TV show where they got, I believe it's 16 guys together and it's like a single elimination tournament. And each week, if you win, you get another color belt until you got yourself up to a black belt. And that, of course, was the winner of the tournament. And the winner was guaranteed a shot at the ROH TV championship. I thought for sure the Cowboy James Storm was going to win this tournament. He was in there and I was thinking, man, Cowboy James Storm in a Ring of Honor ring against Punishment Martinez. Hell freaking yes. I would love to see that match. And then this Aaron Solo comes up and steals the tournament. I haven't seen any of it yet. I'm not familiar with Aaron Solo, but I'm interested to check it out. Uh, yeah, you've, you've kind of got me. Uh, I'm intrigued. So, you know, when we get done recording here, I think I'm going to head on over and check this thing out, see 
who else was uh, participating in this thing and and give it a watch, uh, especially try to to learn a little bit more about Mr. Solo before before tomorrow's show. This is going to be my match of the night. I guarantee it right now. Hero versus villain. It is going to be the hurricane Shane Helms taking on the villain Marty Skrull. This match is going to be freaking fantastic. Yeah, loving the hype for this thing too. These guys are, are really playing this thing up. I think it's going to be it's just going to be a fun match between the two. I think what's going to be cool is you, you are going to get some of those, you know, that dot, dot, dot over the top crazy antics in this thing. I think, I, but I think it'll be not as, you know, not as much as you would see some of these other matches, but they're going to have some of that, but it's going to be, it's going to be centered around a lot of character work. Oh yeah. It's going to be a lot of character work. I haven't seen Shane Helms work a whole lot lately. So I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of shape the hurricane is in. Of course, we'll be seeing him at StarCast as well. Yeah, I think we'll get a few big spots like that or they're kind of over the top. But I think, you know, just, you know, with the character work, the crowd interaction, uh, these two are going, they do a tremendous job with each of their characters, you know, getting out there and working the audience. Uh, this, this thing could be a lot of fun. I'm sure it will be. We also have Kenny King versus Hangman Page. This match intrigues me because it seems as though Kenny King is going through a bit of a heel turn, a slow burn heel turn. And I, I think I like Kenny King as a heel a hell of a lot better than I do as a baby face. Well, he needs something because the baby face act, it, it doesn't work. Uh, but, you know, even thinking back to his days with Impact when they were trying the heel thing, as, as you've regularly said, Jarko, it's just something, you know, Kenny King, it seems like he, that the resume is, is all there. The guy's got every tool that you need, but something just doesn't click. Hopefully a character change will do it for him. Then we have our boys, the kingdom. That's right. They do have a match on this show, just not for the six man titles. The kingdom TKO and Vinny taking on coast to coast. This just seems below the kingdom. Well, and I'm sure they're going to, I'm sure they feel the same way. And we are going to hear about it during the show. Oh, I'm sure. I love me some Matt Taven promos. Then uh, we also have scheduled to appear, although not officially announced for matches. You have your ROH World Champion, Jay Lethal, Women of Honor Champion, Sumi Sakai, and, of course, Tennille Dashwood, which interests me because Sumi is on this show and Tennille is advertised for this show. Can we just put the freaking belt on Tennille Dashwood already? Like, I love Sumi. I appreciate the hell out of her, but it's long past time. Hey, uh, any any updates on how uh, Kelly finds the in Japan right now? You know, this is the kind of thing that would have been great like for you to ask me yesterday so I could be like, oh, no, I don't. But, <laughs> you know, I'll pull that together and, and throw that in the run. Damn it. Well, I guess let's go over to the musical break while I look that information up for you, and we'll have it right after this. You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. Yeah. You knew this. 
this would come, the damage is done, the little faith I had is lost, I bandaged the sun, loaded my gun, cause I got lines that I can't cross, here I am thinking we'd coexist, maybe share a favorite song, but depending what day has dawned or what stage I'm on I can't even tell my right from wrong Went to a better place, a quiet spot I can meditate I swear I'll change for heaven's sake But y'all don't wanna let me medicate You thought I was in a better state But I must lust like every ape So break me down your painted crown I like respect, don't hesitate I've seen your bitter lies You call that shit civilized I'll just watch you killers die And try my best to figure why we, we can't have drawn this watercolor con See, while I'm breathing, I'll be singing songs But by the time you hear this, I'll be gone Slowly carve these words to precious stones as if maybe someone up there knew. By the time you hear this, I've gone. Hey, this is Stevie Richards. I'm here to tell you, you don't necessarily need all this equipment to get in the best shape of your life. All you need is this, a resistance band. I'm so excited to offer the 12-week resistance band training program to you, which features an interactive PDF with full overview videos, modifications, descriptions of all the exercises, scalability, no matter what fitness level or what age you are, the PDF scales the workout to you. Also, after your instant download of the PDF, you get full direct email support right from me, as well as access to a Facebook group with an awesome interactive community. I can't wait to help you take control of your fitness journey. So just put in stevierichardsfitness.com, go to the store and download the 12-week resistance band training program. This is the pretty badass, Kelly Klein. 
I am in the locker room with Jargo and RBV. Avert your eyes and don't wait outside the locker room for me. All right, Huckleberry, so we're back. That was Mayday off of the album uh, Stuck on an Island. And then you heard a word from our friend uh, Stevie Richards and Stevie Richards Fitness. Of course, Stevie Richards doing us a solid, sponsoring us at, uh, at StarCast in our Fire Pro table that we're going to have set up. That's going to be freaking awesome, man. I cannot wait to play me some Fire Pro Wrestling. My buddy Luke was actually asking me the other day, is Jimmy Hancock going to be uploaded onto the server so I can download him so I don't have to make him? Jimmy Hancock's the greatest wrestler that ever lived, by the way. He does that seated super kick, calls it the mediocre kick. It's fantastic. So, Huckleberry, let's let, let's talk a little bit of WWE this week. Um, and, you know, I, I was thumbs kind of leaning up coming out of SummerSlam. It's gone now, man. It's freaking gone. But before we jump to the main roster, I wanted to, t- to touch on NXT because I thought there was a couple of things that may intrigue you a little bit, even though it was largely a throwaway episode of NXT last night. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo makes her debut against the returning Bianca Belair. I absolutely expected Bianca Belair to just squash Perrazzo. That was not the case. Uh, she got the win, but Deanna looked freaking fantastic. And giving her her debut match in Brooklyn, that's got to be a good sign, right? Yeah, I know she was really excited. You know, uh, is, she, is she from Brooklyn or is it just close by? I'm not sure, actually. I think she's somewhere in that area because I had seen her on Twitter kind of mentioning maybe it was maybe the first actual tour she's on. Uh, it was in, included her hometown. But, hey, you know, in any case, uh, what a what a stage uh, to be introduced to the WWE universe. Uh, I actually checked this thing out, this match, and you're right. You know, they, they let her go out there and shine and really show what she can do. And it, you know, one would have to believe that Hey, they're really high on her. I mean, she is a tremendous talent. Uh, she's earned this opportunity. Uh, and it's great to see that, you know, they're, they're letting her make a splash coming out of the gate. Uh, Deanna is one of those. She's always so composed and she's so good in the ring. But I did catch at one moment during her uh, little bow in the ring. She glanced up at the Titan Tron and kind of had that shit eating grin on her face. Like, yeah, I'm fucking here. Good for you, Deanna Perrazzo. Good for you. Uh, Bianca Belair, thought she looked a little rusty, man. I I know I haven't seen her in the ring for a while, but she she normally seems smoother than that to me. She looked a little rough in this match. Well, you know, it's it's working maybe with uh, an unfamiliar talent. She's coming off of that injury. She's got that ring rust. Uh, I think she'll be back to know what we're used to from her very soon what i'm worried about uh bianca belair of course she recently got married and she is now married to montez ford of the street profits and of course me and bella were talking about the street profits when we were previewing takeover brooklyn and we both agree that montez ford is where the money is the guy is incredibly athletic super charismatic but I noticed a little bit of Montez Ford getting worked into Bianca Belair's offense, and I'm not sure that's necessary. She is a freaking powerhouse. I don't need to be seeing her doing hurricane ranas and drop kicks, and I don't need that from her. Yeah, you know, definitely going to have – you're going to see that influence. And we've seen it so many other times. You know, it's – I mean, that is spouse. You're both in the same industry. Hey, we've seen it where, you know, Naomi adapts some of the Uso moveset. 
or you know Bree, we see a lot of Daniel Bryan in, uh, in her moveset. Candice and Johnny, we've seen a lot of it incorporated between both of them. Both of them stealing stuff from each other. Now, somehow, if we could just get anything from Rusev into Lada. Oh, dear God. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about on NXT this week was the Shayna Baszler promo. Of course, coming on a takeover Brooklyn, she doesn't feel as though Kyrie Sane beat her. She feels as though she lost that match and she lost that title and she wants it back. So it seems as though we are at least going to get a rematch for the NXT Women's Championship. But I thought the thing that was intriguing here, Shayna Baszler is a bitch. And I love it out of her. I think it's great. She delivers it fantastically. The problem is standing directly behind Shayna Baszler is Ronda fucking Rousey. Why is Ronda Rousey hanging out with somebody like Shayna Baszler? I understand they're friends, but suddenly I'm really kind of questioning is she, is uh, Ronda Rousey really the baby face that you're kind of trying to portray her to be when I'm seeing her hanging out with people like Shayna Baszler? I think maybe you're reading too much into it. I think we're supposed to we're supposed to separate, you know, what we're seeing on the yellow brand as opposed to what we're seeing on the red brand. Uh, but yeah, because you've got Baszler, who you know, just from the get go, I mean, she's been, you know, what? Yeah, I am better than you. I could just flat out kick your ass, total bitch, Baszler. And then on the other hand, as you know, we're going to be talking about here shortly. I did this for all of you. Yeah, you got Ronda, who's, this is for everyone. This is my heart, my soul. I'm doing this to build up everyone. Yeah, it kind of contradicts itself. A little bit of a disconnect going on there. I mean, if they're friends, cool, but I'm, I'm just not sure that we need to be showing them hanging out backstage together. I, I, I just feel a little bit of a disconnect. And I also wonder about the other two. Like, are we ever going to get to see you two wrestle? You've been in the house for a while now. I know that you're working on house shows. I don't know anything about your personalities. I don't know anything about how either one of you work. What the hell are we doing? What are we waiting for? And how come they're not in the freaking May Young Classic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I got my issues with NXT, too. It's not like I just sit here and kiss their ass. So, uh, speaking of not kissing anybody's ass... Let's go ahead and let's jump into Monday Night Raw and the SummerSlam Fallout. All right, Huckleberry. I We are not going through all these shows because there was a whole bunch of shit on here I just do not care about at all. So let's let's start with Monday Night Raw. I guess let's start with the, the elephant in the room, if you will. Roman Reigns, the new champion of the freaking universe. I, I have to applaud Vince McMahon because... Over the course of Sunday and Monday, boy, did he do everything he could to get you to cheer Roman Reigns or to make it at least appear as though you were cheering Roman Reigns. On this show, he finally gives Finn Balor his rematch. Two years in the freaking making. All we had to do was get the title off of Lesnar because evidently nobody wanted to see Balor and Lesnar. But a 24 hours removed from getting the demon against Baron freaking Corbin. We're right back to smiley ass Finn Balor and Roman Reigns. But boy, the Brooklyn crowd was loving the fact that Roman's given Finn his opportunity. Yeah, it's it, 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 the way they present it is you're right. This is Roman doing a, a solid 
uh, doing something that's going to excite the masses. You know, he is he's giving that opportunity to one of the darlings within WWE and that being Finn Balor. Hey, smart decision on WWE to, to run this thing out there, you know, get it announced early uh, and then have this thing, you know, running as your main event for the evening. Oh, yes. The mental manipulation would continue later on in the show. Of course, Roman versus Finn, it's a good match. We've seen it several times before. We've also seen Finn Balor beat Roman Reigns' ass, so we know that it could happen. It sure as hell wasn't happening Monday night on Raw. The big dog puts down the normal human being, Finn Balor, because, you know, he he's too stupid to wear the freaking makeup for a, for a universal championship match, even though he just squashed Baron Corbin in it. Maybe Roman would have been terrified of the demon, too. Well, with, with everything that was kind of surrounding this thing, what you know, now that we know the larger picture, would the demon have been able to fit into that situation? Hell no. And you can't beat the demon. You can't beat right. the demon. That's I mean, the whole so freaking point. You've got, you've got, you've got regular Finn Balor out there. You know, the, you've got the man Balor, uh, but you know, but you've added some intrigue because you know the interaction between Balor and Strowman backstage. Where you have Strowman just pretty much saying, hey, you know, uh, hey, man, good luck. Go get that belt. But I'm letting both of you know I'm not going to cash in from behind. You're going to know I'm there and it's eventually coming. Yep. Braun was there to cash in on Sunday night. Everybody knew Braun was there to cash in, but evidently there's a rule that once you know the briefcase actually touches, you know, the upper part of the stage, you can't go retrieve the briefcase and then cash in. That's not allowed. You know what would get me though? I was thinking about that as as Brock throws the case. I mean, everyone knows what that represents. I mean, is I guess you have I, to physically hand the case. <laughs> yes, I guess so. Uh, you just can't be like, yeah, I'm here to cash it. <sighs> so Braun Strowman comes out at the at the end of the of the Finn Balor and Roman Reigns match. We all know why Braun Strowman's there. Everybody in the freaking world knew Braun Strowman was coming out. Everybody knew Braun Strowman was going to cash in when this match was officially over. Right? Everybody knows that. So Roman beats Finn Balor. Strowman climbs into the ring. Strowman even waits for Roman Reigns to stand up before Braun Strowman puts him right back on his ass. And then we hear it. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. Oh, yeah. Out come the goons. Seth Rollins. Dean Ambrose. The Shield is back together. Huckleberry. I do not understand. How is this being viewed by anybody as anything other than a heel turn? Well, I think it's just, you know, they're trying to manipulate the situation. Is this... And I can see the argument there. Is this a full-on heel turn, or is it them just trying to re-establish themselves, uh, the trio together, that they are going to, I, I pun intended here, control the yard? One of two uh, things but, but has this, to happen. Yes. I mean, this wasn't, you know, like, you're right, though. This wasn't just, like, on a whim, hey, let's go out there and help him. I mean, they had their gear on. They the got music, their gear. They got the their music. music. Up. And, you know, even kind of... I, but even afterwards, as they're leaving, and you know, we've got a new attitude from Ambrose. And he almost makes you think, is he the one driving this thing? Like last time, 
He's the only one without a title. Uh, there isn't really one for him to go chase. It, but he's got that that he's bringing back Moxley. That it's it, that's what the character that we're starting to see here, even more so than just the Dean Ambrose when the field the Shield first arrived on the scene. Uh, he is showing a much more vicious side to his character. He's kind of leading the pack a little bit. It seems like, but as they're strolling out of there, uh, how cocky were all three of them? Even you know Roman's got the belt, always carrying the belt over his shoulder. But the, hey, thanks, thanks for getting my back or whatever. Throws it over the cockiness that we see when they were leaving. And you know th- this is ridiculous. And how I forgot to talk about this Monday on the locker room is beyond me. I know you're not a big comic book guy, but did you understand Seth Rollins's gear? what he wore at SummerSlam and then Monday on raw. Uh, not necessarily. It's an homage to Thanos from the Avengers movies, right? Okay. Justice. My freaking 12 year old is like, dude, Thanos is a bad guy. Thanos is like the baddest motherfucker in the whole freaking universe with a snap of his fingers. He can wipe everything out. And she's like, oh, maybe Seth's becoming a bad guy. And I was like, oh, come on. And now, and, and here's, here's the thing, right? People want to tell me that's not a heel turn. Here, this is what I want you to do. Go back and rewatch that segment. Turn the sound off. Just turn the sound off and watch that. And you tell me that's not a heel turn. I think the most the probably the most important part about this is it, it was something intriguing to actually close the show. Uh, if if you're a fan of the reunion or not, uh, I think yeah, it's kind of received mixed mixed emotions from the fans. But at least there is a reason now, and they've kind of Roman, especially himself, has teased. They're not giving us a direction on social media. They keep teasing it, where we're going to need to tune into the next episode to kind of find out, you know, to make more sense of, of what we've seen. Here's what bugs me. So the dark match after raw goes off the air is the shield versus Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler and drew McIntyre in their freaking twisted delusional ass mind. Was this a heel turn for Braun Strowman? Because that ain't going to work. Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's... Maybe, maybe in their mind, maybe you're right there because I mean, you do have this big monster with a case chasing people. Maybe now, instead of Braun coming out and saying, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be so forward. Maybe I do have to get you from behind. Or... It could be, all right, we know we've got Braun as this over-the-top baby. We've got these these incredible villains in, in Ziggler and McIntyre. So maybe they're just trying, they pair those two together to really play that those shades of gray with the shield right now. You know what I think is going to happen? Let's take all the bullshit aside. What I think is going to happen I think they're going to put the fucking Wyatt family back together. I think it's going to be Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, and Luke Harper versus The Shield. 
with Eric Rowan out and no direction for Luke Harper. We have no direction for Bray Wyatt. And Braun needs friends. As we're going to talk here shortly, I mean, everyone knows it's happened that the bludgeons have lost their championships. Yep. To me, that's a heel turn. It was clearly premeditated. It was calculated. It completely seems like a Seth Rollins plot. Is it worth sacrificing Seth and Dean for freaking Roman? Hey, it's all about the the Roman agenda. You know what? We're going to come back to this. Remind me, because we're going to come back to this. I think I know what this is. I think I know what it is. I guess the other thing that we have to talk about when it comes to the big dog is we have to talk about Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. It seems as though the Beast wants to invoke his rematch clause at Hell in a Cell. Of course, Kurt Angle says, "Uh uh-uh, that's not happening. But now we know that Kurt Angle is out. The constipated constable is now in charge of Monday Night Raw. Do you think this is going to happen? Is Lesnar actually going to get a rematch? Are we seriously still doing this? Uh, no, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any way he actually even wants to come back for this thing. Uh, I think it was just kind of a tease, uh, and it actually, in in setting it up this way, it actually shows that Kurt Angle has some, kind of he's, he's got his balls back a little bit. You know this. Uh, you know Brock Lesnar essentially held WWE hostage during his championship reign. And he showed up when he wanted, where he wanted, he did what he wanted, and they're trying. And now that he doesn't have that championship, he's still trying to flex that muscle. And Kurt Angle's kind of like, you know what? No, screw you. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to risk putting ourselves back in that same situation. I've got my show. I've got my championship back. It's going to be featured each and every week. You know what? Brock has done it to us. We're going to do it to him now. We're going to make him wait. So what are we doing with Kurt Angle now? Kurt Angle is out. Baron Corbin is in. I mean, this has to be building to a Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin match. Does anybody really want to see that? Uh, I I don't think so. Uh, But... (laughs) Is there any is there any other reasons why Kurt might be well, going away? The biggest speculation is that Kurt Angle is going away so that he can come back and wrestle. Now, I'm hoping that that's just a one-off. If this was Kurt Angle from like, I don't know, 10 years ago, I would expect Kurt Angle to show up Monday night on Raw and when Baron Corbin's like, "Why are you here, Kurt? We we told you to stay home." and have Kurt say, "I'm here to freaking wrestle." Well, could he get extended time off? Uh, maybe just do a couple, you know, guest spots for some of these big shows, but then just return maybe at the Rumble for a you know road to WrestleMania. I can't believe that they wouldn't take Kurt Angle to Australia. No, that's what I'm saying. You know, you've got a couple of these specialty things, uh, but then then pull him away for a couple months, give him some time off. You know, he can. He doesn't have to be at every television because I know he's not making all the, the live events and things like that. No, I'm sure what they do is they just do a generic pre-tape with Kurt Angle. 
That's what they did with Brian when he was general manager of SmackDown Live. There was just a generic pre-tape that ran before every show. Right. That's what I'm guessing. Uh, but yeah, maybe it's just a way get him, you know, get him just time away, give him some time off. I don't know if he's any other projects and then gear him up towards a WrestleMania run. Let's talk about a little bit more about down under because we we've had a couple of matches announced. Of course, we, we know that we're going to get John Cena and what wasn't it? John Cena and Bobby Lashley versus Elias and Kevin Owens. That, that doesn't seem like much of a match, especially since we all know that Kevin Owens career is basically over. Of course, now we're just going to bring in John Cena to bury him some more. Uh, and, and now we also know that it's going to be a triple H versus the undertaker for the last time ever, or until they decide to do it again. Uh, and we have triple H coming out and cutting the promo on this week's show to advertise that show. And then we're going to have Stephanie and Rousey out later to hype evolution. Oh, and don't forget about Helen a cell coming up in just a couple of weeks. And it's just too convoluted, man. Yeah, they're they're spreading themselves way too thin here. We got so many marquee events that they're trying to promote. To me, it, to me, it was a huge mistake having Triple H and Stephanie both on this show. I mean, I, I understand in their minds, oh, it's the night after SummerSlam. We've got to load this up with star power. Uh, they're both here together. We have to we have to utilize both of these individuals. To me, especially with the Triple H situation. A great promo package. Great, great promo package. It would have been nice to see a couple weeks of that, a week or two of that, and then get that that over-the-top, just great Triple H promo to really hammer home that, hey, this is going to be something special down in Australia, and this is going to be something you want to watch. Uh, to me, they, they just sh- they played their hand entirely too soon. You know... When I first saw this, I had sent you a message and I basically buried this promo because I didn't think that it was nearly as good as everybody else seems to be thinking that it was. Well, I have a stooge report for you, Huckleberry, and uh, this is something else. I have completely changed my mind on this promo. That time was scheduled for Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar assuming that Brock Lesnar was going to be staying around. That is not the case. So they gave that time to Triple H. That was a fucking shoot! He went out there and just cut that fucking promo. That wasn't a rehearsed, Hunter, we want you to go out and say this. No, we've got 10 minutes worth of TV time to fill. Hunter, can you go say something? That's what that promo was. So you know what? All the little fuck-ups that I was nitpicking, more freaking power to him, man. That was off the top I, of his I goddamn still, head. I, I still would have just I still would occupy, occupied that time elsewhere. Oh, I, I agree with you. But, I mean, dude, off the top of his head, that, that was some masterful shit. I still don't care about the match, though. Triple H versus Undertaker, I don't care. Hey, it's something, you know, for... For that, for those, for that audience down there, that's going to be something special for them. Yep, it is. It's a great special attraction match. But I, I'm with you though. You know, from where I'm sitting, uh, I'd just like to remember the last time I saw it, and that's all I need. Yeah, I want to remember that image that he was showing up on the Tron. 
not whatever I'm going to see in Australia. Let's talk about uh, Stephanie and Ronda Rousey. This is the last thing I'm going to talk about on Monday Night Raw because it was the only... There was like three things worth talking about on Raw this week. Like one an hour. Stephanie and Ronda Rousey. Uh, I I think I'm figuring out a bit of the, the issue that I have with Stephanie McMahon as we've done this show for almost a year now. You never know which Stephanie McMahon you're gonna get. Well, you don't you don't even know from from like sentence to sentence with her what's coming out of her mouth. You don't know what you're gonna get. The last time we saw Stephanie McMahon on WWE TV, she was out there with Hunter and with Vince, and she was Chief Branding Officer Stephanie McMahon announcing the Evolution pay per view, and it was totally babyface and. Please cheer for this because this is historic and great. And look at what we have done for women everywhere. You should all be naming your baby Stephanie, whether it's a boy or a girl, because it doesn't matter anymore. Just name them all Stephanie because she is single-handedly saving the human race. Go Stephanie. And then she comes out this week and she's just a bitch. You never know which Stephanie you're going to get. It's almost like Hunter. It's like, okay, are we getting Uncle Paul? Or are we getting the game? Or are we getting, you know, COO Paul Levesque? This this was just, what got me here is that they are going so over the top that they feel, that especially with Evolution coming up, that they need to create a, a Mr. McMahon character within Stephanie. Like some like somehow this, this pay-per-view isn't going to be a success without some kind of storyline with super evil authority. And the other thing that's just hilarious to me is in order to have a Mr. McMahon character, you have to have your stone cold Steve Austin character. And that's going to be Ronda Rousey. The only problem is stone cold would give you a stunner and you'd be okay. A couple of minutes later, Rhonda, she's going to break your fucking arm. And you're out for six weeks or it's just not believable. It doesn't work that way. You can't use something like a freaking arm bar and be snapping people's arms left and right and maintain any kind of semblance of continuity. Well, that's, that was another thing I, that really I wouldn't like set me off, but I thought was just pretty cheesy surrounding this thing. Cause you got poor Alexa bliss over there in her sling. Which was you know, hilarious. The, the bright pink sparkly sling. It was so Alexa Bliss. And then you've got later on in, in the back, Stephanie just sitting there with that ice pack on her. I know the visual there was hilarious to me. Like, shouldn't Rhonda be fired for that? I mean, she was suspended last time for just putting her hands on Kurt Angle. Now she comes out here and she's like trying to break Stephanie's arm again. Yeah. Now, now she's attacking the, the top boss in the company essentially. But like, I doubt if there's even a suspension this time. I do want to give Rhonda some praise. I know she's been getting some heat. Uh, there was a lot of people that didn't think I, I regularly see this, that she didn't deserve a, you know, a term that, that we ultimately hate around here, but she didn't deserve that opportunity. Hey, I think, you know what, what, what they're giving her, she has been doing a, an amazing job making it work especially at where she has at now in her skill set. And, and I know the, the promo they gave her was very cheesy, but you know, then she does take to Twitter and she, she tries to reconfirm to people like, 
you know what? I do want to be here. This is the my profession going forward for the time being. I am going to give this 100. And it, to me, it, it is very endearing. I think that she really believes that. She wants to be a part of this thing. And she is out there, you know, doing the best with this garbage that they're giving her. Yeah, that, that seems to be going around. We're going to talk about another lady who's been given some garbage here in just a couple of minutes. Bet you you can guess who that is. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit about evolution I, and what they're doing with the women's division here, because I feel like that this is all just kind of ties together. I'm going to put a real nice, pretty freaking bow on this at the end of this. Alexa Bliss and Trish Stratus. There's no way that this ends well. Either Trish Stratus is going to beat Alexa Bliss, which completely, in my mind, buries Alexa Bliss, or Alexa Bliss is going to beat 41-year-old Trish Stratus, who's only been in the ring once in the last decade, which she should. Like, there's no way that Alexa Bliss wins here. Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, why are we even talking about this? Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey? You thought Bliss and Rousey was a freaking joke? Put Nikki Bella in there. My God. I have to disagree with you there. Uh, Believe me, I can get my hands on this. You could market the shit out of this thing. And I think if you, the visual, especially the visual with Bliss and Rousey, that was completely not believable. Nikki's Nikki's got a, a bigger frame on her. Uh, she's more put together. She has some substance to her. I think you could get a way better visual out of that than than probably 90% of the women involved there. I mean, even it, it's going to look better than than Stephanie, for sure. Uh, again, you could market the hell out of this thing. It's got great cross appeal. I, I can see why they're going with this direction here. Rousey uh, comes out and says that she's not Brock Lesnar. She's absolutely Brock Lesnar in my mind in a different way because now we're left with the same goddamn problem that we had with Brock Lesnar. Once you put the freaking title on Rousey, there is nobody on this roster that can take it from her except maybe Charlotte, who's on the other show. That's That was the thing. you know. Every, they want to give her that moment to for the PR to you know, get that championship on her. She, doesn't, she didn't need that championship to, to do the PR for you, to do the crossover. No. Uh, going back to the first match you mentioned there, Bliss versus Stratus, I think that would have been much more interesting. Hey, can the 41-year-old come back and capture the Raw Women's Championship? Uh, how is Bliss going to once again uh, you know, avoid complete disaster at the hands of something that someone that's hyped is a superior competitor or has the resume of a true Stratus? Hey, but I think there could be something interesting in that match the difference maker either direction could be someone who's been MIA for a little bit. Mickey James. Oh yeah. Where's Mickey at? Why, why hey, isn't Mickey around? I think is she, I think she's doing some injury issues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what happened there? Do you remember Ronda Rousey broke her fucking arm? Yeah. That's what happened there. No, but isn't there something? Uh, like oh, that, that very well could. I'm just speaking inside of the narrative. Like, Ronda can't be going around just breaking people's arms. Well, I mean, but you use that to get get her off TV, out of sight, out of mind. And then she pops right back up in this match where she's got great history with with Bliss and Stratus uh, and could play a major, you know, a major difference maker in this set. 
The other match that we, we have seen kind of stooged off now, and God, I hope this is fake. Lita and Asuka. I have zero desire to see that match in 2018. That's something I want to see on a video game. Yeah, and this one, it's going to... This one, I mean, he really had no backstory other than, hey, we just want to put these two together. Yep. That's pretty uh, much and it. I, and I don't know if there's really anything all that interesting about it. Nope. Not the way that they've been treating Asuka. That's for goddamn sure. And then they're also still, they're still pushing this. There's going to be 50 women on this show. 50 women. Rick, there's going to be 50 women on this show. What are you thinking? Are they going to do a battle royal? I think so. Okay, then I have a suggestion. Just do the women's rumble here. Do the women's rumble at Evolution. Do the men's rumble at the Royal Rumble. Two rumbles, one show. Bad idea. We learned that last year. Just do the women's rumble at Evolution. With what's what's the prize there then? I don't know. You could give them a title shot somewhere. Like Survivor Series? Survivor Series, Night of Champions, whatever. But, I mean, does that devalue it, though, where it, it obviously says, it openly says that this Rumble is lesser than the men's? No, I don't think so. What it says is two Royal Rumble matches on one show is a terrible idea. I agree, I agree with you. It was, it was very tiring. It's too much. I don't know. I just think in their mind... It, it might seem like it's lessening the women's rumble, but I agree with you. I mean, we only need one, one rumble match in January. Uh, and that should be the men's going forward for the, for the WrestleMania shot. And so let's jump over to SmackDown live and talk about the SummerSlam fallout. You can sense the enthusiasm in my voice. We're getting to that point. Miz retires from fighting Daniel Bryan. Rick, how long did it take you to catch on to what was actually going on here? It took me about two sentences. Uh, pretty much. Uh, this one was really easy to see through. I, I enjoyed it very, very much, though. I thought Miz's delivery was fantastic. And I really like the whole, I'm retiring from fighting Daniel Bryan. I enjoyed the everything about this promo. And then Daniel Bryan came out. And I went, oh, no. And Brian starts retorting. And I thought, oh, no. And then Miz runs his mouth and calls him Mr. Bella. And then Bree Mode comes out and blah, blah, blah. They've already announced this thing is scheduled for Hell in a Cell. Rick, they did it again. This was six weeks worth of creative in about six minutes. You could have built to this thing for at least three weeks you could have had Maurice being an absolute bitch to Paige, which would have explained the whole like hand face thing. What's the history? Why, why is what's Paige got against Maurice and Miz other than their Maurice and Miz? I would have much rather seen Maurice and Miz be talking shit about both Brian and Bree and keep going with this Mr. Bella thing for a couple of weeks. But no, they just they did it all in like six minutes. And now, by the time we actually get to Hell in a Cell, this is going to be so fucking boring and redundant. Well, the problem here is, again, this is they're spreading themselves so, so thin. We got three major events they're trying to promote and, and build and get people excited for. 
and in a lot of these events, we're going to see duplicate matches. Yep. I am terrified. People are saying, oh, we're going to stretch this out until Mania. Jesus Christ, by the time October's over, I think I'm going to be sick and tired of seeing all these four together. I, I completely agree with you 100%, Chargo. Because now we also have it announced that we are going to get The Miz versus Daniel Bryan in Australia in a number one contenders match. So now we're going to get this match three times within about a month and a half. Yeah, and it's, we're going to have this. These They're all going to be interacting week in, week out until then. Uh, hopefully, if they are going to revisit this thing later, it has to be put to bed uh, for you know the last quarter of the of the year. Miz has to keep winning, right? I th- I would think so. Miz and Maurice uh, win at Hell in a Cell. Miz wins at Down Under. Miz wins the WWE Championship from AJ Styles. Daniel Bryan wins the Royal Rumble. We get Miz and Bryan at WrestleMania. See, it would have been great there with that story is if, and maybe you could do it at some point here where. Brian can't get the best of Miz. So eventually somewhere in there, he in one of his failed opportunities, it causes him to be gone from SmackDown. But then he goes and wins the Rumble. And it just so happens Miz has that title. He says, you know what? I'm using I'm using this opportunity for one more time. I am going to finally vanquish this great this great rival that I have, and it's going to be at WrestleMania, and it's going to be for the WWE Championship. And that's a great story. But no, WWE is going to convolute it and beat the shit out of it, and nobody's going to want to see this by the time we make it to Halloween. So let's talk about Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy. Finally! With absolutely no advertisement, the hottest freaking feud on SmackDown Live, and, and we're just going to give this thing away for free... On SmackDown, I I was kind of perturbed when I heard that they were doing this match on SmackDown, if you can't tell. And, Rick, there's really nothing I have to say about this match. This was Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy. You know what's what's weird about this? Refresh me on this one. I don't even remember it. Exactly. Jeff Hardy gets so mad that he just beats on Randy Orton until he gets oh, DQ'd. Yes, yes, he hits yes, the big okay. swanton through the table, all that. Yeah, he gives him the big, gives him the big stomp to the groin. It was cool, uh, but this is like part two of a feud that's been going on for like six weeks. It, it didn't feel like there was any kind of urgency well, well, ultimately, to a yeah. blow-off here. Well, ultimately, it's it's had trouble picking up that steam because we've had the third wheel. Right. Because of Nakamura's involvement and the feud has been, the matches have been Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura, even though the feud is Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy. And now it seems like we just, we push the reset button to remind you these two guys don't like one another. Right. Uh, so yeah, but we were going to take Nakamura in a different direction and we're going to refocus here where you've already watered down this hot program between these two, which you know was as close as what we're going to see on the red and blue to a blood feud. And we can't even remember the first match on Friday when the match just happened on Tuesday. Right. <laughs> Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton, 2018, ladies and gentlemen, but at least I remember the Swanton spot. 
Uh, let's let's skip over this next section. We'll close with that. Let's go to uh, Joe Joe choking out AJ Styles. AJ Styles, of course, comes out and cuts his promo and basically apologizes to everybody for losing his temper. But then he reminds Samoa Joe, the next time that my family's name comes out of your mouth, I'm going to tear your heart out, which was a little peculiar verbiage for a PG show. And then Joe comes out and jokes out AJ Styles and reminds Wendy that daddy went to sleep. I don't like the family involvement here, man. I don't need it. It's overbooking here. They're trying to make too much when they've already got, they've already had the blueprints, the groundwork laid for a tremendous feud. Uh, I know you've got a long running feud with, with Ms. Brian, but Hey, it's okay to have two of those things going on here because they're both very true and they're going to resonate with your audience. And you're actually telling two different stories between those programs. They, they need to just get refocused with this program and worry about the history between these two. They're trying the to need, do too much. And the need and the want to actually show that they are the superior talent on this the grandest stage of all WWE. It's okay to acknowledge that these two have done this around the world. But before, it was in the minors. Now it's the big time. It's around the WWE championship. This is what it's all about. You think Joe's going to win this feud? I think AJ is going to hold on to this belt, man. So I, I am with you. I think if you are eventually going to take the title from AJ, I think it should be the Miz. Yeah, I mean, there's really two ways because I, I, I think we all agree at this point, Miz and Brian at WrestleMania, you absolutely up the ante if you involve the WWE championship. I, it doesn't need the title. But boy, it feels like it would be bigger with the title because of the story that you could tell to get there. Well, that's what, that's what I would appreciate more with the championship there, especially if they stay away from the 50-50 booking and Miz just completely dominates Daniel Bryan over the course of these next weeks in this next it is series of matches that they're going to have. The question is, how do you get there? Do you have the Miz beat AJ Styles for the WWE Championship and be the reigning champion going into WrestleMania? Or do you have Samoa Joe take the title off of AJ Styles? And then between now and WrestleMania, you have Daniel Bryan capture the championship from Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan is the defending champion going into WrestleMania. Uh, see, I think it's if, if, if you have... Miz is the dominator. I think Miz needs that championship going into WrestleMania where Brian being the ultimate, you know, underdog, that ultimate baby underdog, he's got to be chasing everything Miz has because if, if he would just go in, if he's going in as champion, he wins that one match against Miz. To me, it's just, it just doesn't have that, that big moment to it. This is not only did he finally get that big win on Miz, but he captured the title again at WrestleMania. I think I'm selfish because I just want the Miz to win the Royal Rumble. It's one of the few things that Miz hasn't done in his career yet. I want the Miz to win the Rumble. I'm selfish. I'm a selfish Miz fan. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, let's talk about the new day. Uh, once again, capturing the SmackDown live tag team championships. Of course, Rick, we know this is because Eric Rowan has been injured. I already told you what I think is going to happen with Luke Harper. But I think the important story here is Vince McMahon is not a racist. I never said he was. 
No, I just want you to know, Vince McMahon is not a racist. He's been accused of being a racist for years, but look at New Day. Not only is New Day the longest reigning tag team champions of all time, now I, I really think they are going to push New Day. New Day is going to stay together until they break the record for the most reigns as well. And I think after this one, they've got about two more to go. Which is very, uh, very doable, especially, you know, when you got to two sets of tag titles kind of flipping around, you know, they could easily jump, you know, carry these for a little bit, then jump brands, grab those championships again. So it, it kind of keeps it a little bit fresh. I think you're 100% right. They're going to, they're, these guys are going to stick together and they still move merch. I, I can't stand it. I don't I know why people still love the new day, but I'm they do. completely over the act that the people are still eating it up. And you know what? And I will give them credit, man. Credit where credit's due. I, I don't like their act. That's no secret. But I did pop for the how are your ribs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then I guess the other aspect to talk about is uh, I, I don't even know if there's anything to talk about here. The new day in the bar again. Because the bar has made it clear they're coming for the tag titles. That That's the problem. They need to just combine these divisions. They're so bad. They're so bad. There is no depth, and we have we're and all we're doing is just recycling. Yeah, because next next up will be the Good Brothers, right? Uh, that that'll probably be just like a, a real short, like month long filler, uh, and then we'll build into Usos. Royal Rumble season, and it's the Usos turn again. Yep, it's so bad. You know, we, we we joked that there was only four teams on SmackDown Live for the for the tournament, and at the time there was actually five. Well, now that the Bludgeon Brothers are gone, we really are back down to four. So bad. <sighs> so I guess let's let's talk about the the final issue, and that's Becky and your precious fucking Sharshar, Rick. Oh, she is looking so good lately. You know, so voluptuous, so much just incredible substance there with the with the precious and beautiful Sharsha. She is looking good. I'll give her that. Uh, let's let's talk about everything else, and then we'll talk about Becky as a heel. All right, uh, because I thought Jim Ross had a very very interesting take on his podcast this week, and it was something that I never even really thought about. He said that if Charlotte, because Charlotte has now been given her last name of Flair. If Charlotte is going to be Charlotte Flair, she needs to be a Flair. What happened to the dirtiest player in the game? Like, have we, like, between Charlotte and all of the hoopla and the talk about Ric Flair being the greatest of all time and the 16-time world heavyweight champion, have we forgotten that Ric Flair was a goddamn douchebag? Is Charlotte kind of erasing her father's legacy? Hmm. Interesting take there. Because we've been saying for the longest time, you know, just the, the visuals with Charlotte. I mean, she is the alpha. She is one of those that just fans are just going to, it's that style, you know, where she sits, you know, on the throne that people are just going to naturally dislike her. And they're completely miscasting her here. And I could see going back, you know, when they initially, when she kind of had that, that where she was on her own in that first major face run, because, you know, her dad just, you know, near death experience. Absolutely. You know, everyone thought we were going to lose nature, boy. 
Uh, you know, he had the 30 for 30 out there. There was those feel good stories around there where you wanted to be able to spin her in a positive light. But have all those feel good stories distorted the reality of Ric Flair as a professional wrestler? I think so. And I, and I think that maybe they're trying to, to twist and put a more positive light on, on maybe everything that he was through Charlotte. It's kind of a fucked up dichotomy. Don't you think? Well, the only thing that's really fucked up here is again, how they're casting these two, that they are just trying to hammer home. That poor Becky is the fucking heel. Oh, we'll talk about that in, in one second, one second. Carmella and Charlotte next week. Let's go ahead and finish out your precious Char Char here, and then we'll talk about Becky. Any chance in hell that Carmella is taking this title back? No. And I. I... Well, Jersey presented a very interesting possibility to me before you say no. What if Becky cost Charlotte this title? Because we all know Charlotte and Becky does not need the title. Could Becky fuck Charlotte out of the title? I think we're at the point now. I still think that gets a pop. I know, but I think we're at the point now where in Becky's mind, she is so pissed off that Charlotte ruined that first moment. She just doesn't want to like ruin Charlotte's championship reign. She wants to do it herself. She to prove to herself and, you know, into her mind how they're th- she thinks it's everyone against her that to, to f- truly establish herself, justify everything she's done. She needs to do it by defeating Charlotte Flair, not screwing her out of anything, just fucking beating her. All right. So let's talk about Becky. You remember that exercise that I was discussing with you earlier? When I said, I want you to go back and watch the S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion on mute. Ladies and gentlemen, if you approve of this Becky heel turn, I want you to do the same goddamn thing. Go back and rewatch this on mute. And you tell me which one's the baby face and which one is the heel. This is not going to work. All this is doing is damaging both of them. They are going to turn in to Sasha and Bailey, where neither one of them is likable. Becky is trying her ass off, man. She delivered the shit out of that promo. There's just none of it that's true. Well, you know, she's out there doing her best. She's she's sticking to what they're giving her. She's got the passion behind it. Great delivery. But no one's buying it. It's so hollow. It's fallen on deaf ears because we all know that it's bullshit. It's even so much. It's just the the whole principle behind the turn. Becky has caught fire over the course of six weeks. The people are rallying behind her. They they want more of her. They want to raise her up. And then you you, you do something like this where you essentially you take someone that that they're, they're rallying behind and try to make them shit all over the audience. Uh, this this goes back to you know to top of the show we were talking about the media call and we we're talking about some of the highlights and the things that those personalities were you know relaying to us on the other end of that call and Cody spoke to. There's a problem in a lot of wrestling today that 
promotions are not listening to the fans. They're forcing it. They're forcing it instead of just organically letting something grow. Let's go back to the top of uh, segment two when we were talking about the shield. And I, I think Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are kind of in the same place right now. How dare you go get yourselves over? Turn them heel. I can see that being Vince's fucking logic. Hey, look, I mean, you can just go back and just look to what they look at the recent track record. Look at Rusev day. Finn Balor. Uh, then now Finn Balor, Rusev, Daniel Bryan. How dare you get yourselves over? Fuck you. And they're doing it to Seth Rollins by sticking him with that fucking asshole Roman Reigns. And now they're doing it to Becky Lynch. What is the amazing? I mean, look at, look at Elias. Yep. Another great freaking example. And uh, it's one of those, it's one of those things. If, if you fly too high, they're going to clip your wings. And you know what, dude? I can't do it anymore. I'm tapping. I'm done with raw. I'm done with SmackDown. I will read results. I will go back and I will watch individual segments, but I am done watching these fucking shows. They're awful. I don't care who you are. If you're trying to put this shit over to me, you're wrong. This shit is awful. Oh, well, it's fresh. Oh, well, it's new. You know what would be fresh and new? Cast the goddamn show the way that it should be cast. That would be fresh and it would be new because we haven't had it since the fucking Roman Reigns era began. And I'm sick of it. It's God fucking awful. And I'm just not going to watch it anymore. I'm not going to do it. We're going to talk a lot of New Japan. We're going to talk a lot of Ring of Honor. We're going to talk all in. Hell, I might even talk some Lucha fucking underground. But I'll be goddamned if I'm reviewing these shows front to back. Uh-uh. Not happening. No more. Tapping Good. out. Good. It only took you about a year where I've been bitching about how I hate doing the full show reviews. Fucking awful. You know what? That I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Thank you, WWE for finally helping me get my way on how we program this damn show. And you know, here's the, this, you, this is the fucking deal breaker for me, man. So people have been blowing up road dog, just absolutely blowing this dude up about how fucking wrong all of this is. And like, are you not watching your own show? And road dog comes back and you know what he says? No, that's just the story that you wanted to see. It's not the one that we told you. When all of your audience is telling you, this is the story that you're telling. Maybe you're the ones that fucked up. Maybe it's not your fans that are fucked up. Maybe it's you. Fucking awful shit. Just awful. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Then head over to the Roar Network, part of the GorillaPosition.com. Check out our friends, the J&K, along with the Average Marks, and read the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Also, be sure to hit HackerHameen.Podbean.com so you never miss Rick and I in the locker room Mondays at Hameen Media. Follow us on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Email us at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. Also of note, of course, next week, 
Huckleberry and I will be in Chicago at StarCast. If you are all in, be sure to stop by and say hello. Come play some Fire Pro. Get in the know with all the great podcasts and events going on at StarCast. As always, you can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. And Wednesdays, except for this Wednesday, because I didn't review that god-awful episode of NXT. But Wednesdays, you can find me at One Wrestling Video for new episodes of this is NXT. RBV, how do the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks find you? As always, across all social media, at the real RBV. As always, we want to invite everyone to head on over to Facebook and join us in the Hami Media Discussion Group. Uh, a lot of uh, great threads going on right now, a lot of great conversation. We want everyone to be a part of that. And brother, I, I, you know what? I, I'm just going to leave it short and sweet, start gearing up for uh, the big the big meeting in Chi-Town. So many of us coming together, really looking forward to, to meeting everyone, hanging out, and putting in a lot of work. All right, you ready for this statistic? Let's have it. <clears throat> you ain't going to believe this because I couldn't believe it. I checked it twice. And then I saw that it actually just shows me if I just click in the right place. Not only will next Thursday, when we are in Chicago, will it be the one-year anniversary to the day of the show. It also will be show number 100 on the Hitting the Marks pro wrestling podcast feed this has been show number 99 starcast cn show 100 i we couldn't plan that shit dude incredible there's no way we could plan that so thanks for listening everybody we will talk to you from chicago for now we're off like a prom dress see ya me. I don't give up.
I fucked your bitch and I lied. She was at home with me last night. I'll be your bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> 